0: to the impeccable perspective podcast where we help you discover gospel clarity and openness in a new way by letting go of the culture and finding your truth while having some fun doing it now here are your hosts joe peck and luann Roundy. All right, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you very much for being here. This is unofficially the first official episode of the Impeccable Perspective podcast. Uh, I actually got the idea for the podcast a couple of years ago and uh, recorded uh, some episodes. The uh, first episode here is actually my conversion story, and that is a solo uh, episode that I did. But uh, I am here with my co-host, of Equal or Greater Value, Luann Roundy. Luann, say hello.
1: Hello, everyone. Glad to be here and glad to start working with Joe. Um, this idea has kind of taken shape, and we're finally to the point that we can start to uh, do this podcast, and I'm excited to be here also and excited to start.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we're, we're totally thrilled to uh, to bring this to you. So the um, the idea for the, the podcast uh, came to me uh, a couple years ago, and uh, Now is the time for it to happen. It's kind of interesting how uh, life happens and God's plan happens when uh, things align, when the time is right, but here we are. And uh, I am a convert to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and um, I didn't grow up in the church or anything like that, and so I have a very, very different perspective on the gospel and the church, the culture, all of the things uh, about being a member of this church. Uh, that is different from uh, people who grew up in the church. And I started noticing a lot of uh, things about it, uh, especially with the culture and how people are treated. And I wanted to share my perspective on things to uh, to help people out. And, and uh, we've come together now to do that. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the intentions of the podcast uh, to give people an idea. Um, so ideally and overall, a uh, really core intention is to help to bring everyone to christ by finding the truth no matter where you are in uh, in your journey no matter where you are in your faith uh, no matter where you are in in anything you don't have to be you know a, a mormon kind of thing to to take advantage of this or even to listen to this podcast but we do want to really help bring everyone to christ ultimately on their own journey and in the way that they want to uh, from where where wherever you are right now and um that's ultimately uh, the goal with this and uh you know we see this hopefully being as a as a missionary tool to kind of help people uh gain their testimony back if they've lost it or to be able to understand gospel truths a little bit uh on a, a level that they understand and uh is kind of devoid of the uh, the filter that the culture of the church puts on everything.
1: Right, and I think we wanna take and be able to separate out doctrine and the culture, which has been difficult for people who, uh, I'm different than Joe. I was born and raised in the church. I was not born in the covenant. My parents um, were not sealed in the temple till I was eight. And so at that point, I was able to be sealed to my parents. My mother is a convert. My dad is the lifelong member of the church. Um, and so I have a whole different perspective than Joe of that because I've been born and raised in it, but in a small town in Gilbert, Arizona, which I still live in Gilbert, Arizona. Um, but it's difficult when you are in the church to separate out the culture and the doctrine because our perspective has been built upon what we've experienced from the time that we're born until today and whatever point in your life you're at And it's now being able to gain an understanding and awareness of how did my perspective become developed through what I've experienced and that culture and doctrine has just been a part of the people who've been raised in the church for their whole lives and now building the awareness of what really is truth and doctrine and what is the culture. Or I also like to call the traditions of the fathers. And we'll get into that later in how scripturally the traditions of the fathers um, are something that that we're taught, um, and that'll be, again, Joe and I have talked in another podcast to be able to talk about what that would be, but understanding that, I think, is our goal to be able to separate it out and to come to a place of love and acceptance. I really feel like that's something that anyone could benefit from, whether you're a lifelong member, a convert, or if you've left the church, no matter, or if you're a different faith, that, that doesn't matter either, that we come to a place of love and acceptance, that we're all inextricably connected through a power greater than ourselves. That's a quote from Brene Brown that she calls spirituality. And I think it's a great place to work from that if we can all feel that we are energetically joined and that we all, whenever we do things, it affects someone else, that would be that place of love to come from and and where we're working on this podcast to get people to that point through truth and through doctrine. Truth that's gathered not just from the scriptures, but from other sources.
0: Absolutely. So you can see why I'm excited to have Louanne on the podcast as my co-host. <laughs> because this I'm is the boring
1: awesome. one with all of the facts. Joe's the fun one in the in this. I'm
0: here for entertainment purposes. <laughs> And Jeez. we are—we're going to have a good time. Uh, that entertainment may be rated R at some point, uh, but you know, maybe we could is, keep it to a PG uh, thirteen. Yeah, that's—I'll yeah. uh, I'll work on that. You okay. know, you know me. I mean, I, I think actually the—the uh, the main reason Loanne is here is to uh, keep us from getting banned by the FCC <laughs> <laughs> by uh, my comments. But that's okay because I know a lot of you feel the same way. So let's look at some definitions that were clear. So we distinctly see. The, uh, the the church or the gospel or everything uh, as um, three legs of a stool, let's call it that, uh, three separate entities and, and we want to help you understand where we're coming from with that so that there's no confusion because I see a lot of confusion out there uh, between these and people mistake one for the other, etc. So if, for example one is the church and the church we define that as being the actual institution, so you want to think about that as the the buildings, the temples, the administrative side of the church, the the brethren, right, Uh, the 70, all that kind of stuff, the uh, doctrine is a separate entity, and that refers to the actual gospel itself, to the principles, to the scriptures, uh, to conference talks, anywhere that you're going to get gospel information, but it's purely the information and the, the truthfulness of, uh, of the, the gospel. And then the third uh, leg in the stool is the church culture, and this is the problem. And th- this is why this, we're doing this podcast. This is what motivated me to even want to do this. And the church culture is the, the, the members of the church, as Luann mentioned about the traditions of the Father... Uh, fathers and uh, and all of this. Uh, it's the actions of some members of the church who use a lot of judgment and shame and uh, and guilt and all of these things to make people feel like they're inadequate simply because those people are not quote unquote, following the covenant path, right? They are not doing what these other people think they should be doing. so they feel it's their duty to judge and to make other people, Uh, feel inadequate and to project their own weaknesses and beliefs on other people, which is simply not true. And I feel, looking at it from my perspective, I feel like people like that in the church culture are trying to turn everybody into Stepford Mormons. That's the term that I use for this. And it basically... You know, means that uh, we all become robotic. We all act the same, and look the same, and talk the same, and think the same, and all these things. And that's simply not even possible, let alone right. You know, we are all different. We're all made completely differently by Heavenly Father, and uh, we all have different personalities and different goals in life. And we don't all want to follow that path. But that doesn't mean that you can't live the gospel doesn't mean you can't participate in church and it certainly doesn't mean that you can't have a relationship with Christ. Uh, in fact, you know, if you think back, um, there was a plan like that that we did reject, right, where there was only one option and everybody would make it. Uh, that's how I feel that kind of is, is being forced down our throat by some of these people and uh, it's simply not right. And unfortunately, it's made a lot of people I have a really bad taste about uh, the gospel and about coming to church because they're constantly feeling they're judged simply because of the situation that they're in, simply because of the circumstances or the choices they've made. And it's okay to make whatever choice you've made in your life. Uh, you're on your own path, and we'll talk a lot more about... Uh, about that and, and uh, you know God's plan for us and, and um, all the, our eternal progression, right. right?
1: Right. And I think today we're not going to dive deep into any of those topics. We're going to kind of go over a broad overview of where the podcast is going to go. And then as the weeks unfold, it will be bringing those things as you gain a deeper understanding, too, of, of where our perspective is and maybe trying to help you to have questions and be curious. Those are two wonderful places to come from. And and really coming to an understanding of, am I being judgmental? And maybe that's why I've left the church, or maybe why I'm struggling with some of the things that are said in the the doctrines or in conference or in by the people that I associate with. And learning to let go of judgment also on your part. And understanding that when other people are judgmental, and that'll be a good thing to talk about also, why do we become judgmental? Um, it's out of fear and judgment comes in this feeling of protection that I want to protect myself, protect my children. If I'm judgmental and I um look at things and I'm able to say this is right or wrong or good or bad, then I can protect myself and them from things that will hurt us. And that isn't the truth of the gospel. The truth is we're going to become hurt. We're going to have things that happen that are difficult and hard and frustrating and sad, and all of that is um, taken care of through the atonement of the Savior Jesus Christ. And again, that's where the focus comes back, that we are coming unto Christ through finding truth. And the truth of the atonement is a huge, broad concept to grasp, but that's why we have scriptures, that's why we have a living prophet, that's why we have those to help lead and guide us on our journey. And ultimately, that's what the podcast is for, is for each of you to refine and gain an understanding of your journey and how is it that I can return back to Christ. And it really has nothing to do with anyone else except for yourself, but it's how you interact and how those other, in, those other people influence you in your life to be able to, um, to know and, and use that in a way that is healthy. And I'm going to use that word a lot being a, I'm a therapist. I'm a licensed therapist. And healthy to me is a great term as opposed to right or wrong. Um, in in fact, in, in the uh, last conference, the prophet Russell M. Nelson talked about there really is such a thing as right or wrong. And I agree with that. There's God's right or wrong. We as human beings are not asked or given the privilege to tell other people what is right or wrong. You for yourself could say, "I believe this is right or correct for me," but at that point, you are starting to shame yourself, and that's where we're going to kind of go into in the next point. If I'm right, then I'm uh, if then I'm doing it correctly. If I'm wrong, then I'm bad. Shame on me, and that steeps and that goes into a whole nother place of, um, that we then hide from God because of that shame. So we'll kind of move into that if you're ready
0: to. Yeah. Uh, oh, always ready, uh, or at least willing. (laughs) Uh, it should be noted that, uh, has been my marriage uh, counselor, uh, therapist and shrink for the past three years. Uh, I've been uh, divorced for two, but, um, I just realized after the divorce is really when you need therapy right right well you need
1: you needed to move into it but afterwards is really that's and that's good that you bring that up that's really the process of finding and discovering again and after you get divorced you're in this new space and new openness that you're able to create a a new life for yourself and that's really where therapy and the scriptures and focusing in again on coming into Christ, because if I can focus on that within creating that new place, um, it can be a place of healthiness and a place of wonderful, amazing discovery, which is kind of where Joe's at, and that's kind of where the podcast has come from, is oh, yeah. this place of discovery of wow.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good word for it, because uh, yeah, it's, I had no idea uh, the crazy that was waiting for me when I uh, got out there and started uh, meeting people, and it's, uh, it's a lot harder than I expected, and uh, there's a lot of people that need healing and should not be seeking relationships <laughs> right now <laughs> right. until they're healed. Uh, but they're out there, and uh, it's interesting uh, stuff. But uh, I've got wild stories every week uh, when we when we meet for our, our sessions. Maybe we'll
1: have to have a wild story uh, episode podcast episode. I'm write that down. Write that down right now. And that's and that's a good place to start. Is if you can come into this podcast in a place of I'm willing to be curious and discover. That's going to be a wonderful intention to come with that. I want to be open and I want to learn and I want to grow. And and that's really where we're going to base a lot of this in truthfulness. Like I said, trying to find truth again. Um, but yeah, and that's, it's a, a place of discovery and it's wonderful to look at each new day being mindfully present in discovery and letting go of past whatever I've done yesterday is done and over Using the atonement to repent, to become better each day. And it's not that we have to be perfect, it's just that I'm trying to do better today. It may not always end up that way. My days don't always go that way that I do better, but I can reflect back and then become better through that reflection, through gaining an understanding, and through asking and receiving help from the Savior, from my Heavenly Father, from angels from different people and that's again what kind of where we're going to focus on that Um, for you to be able to gain an understanding of how to do that through letting go of some of these past cultural understandings or perspectives that you may have gained through being a member of the church or through being a member of another church because it is in other religions also
0: Oh, yeah. Fear is no respecter of persons, I think, it's see if I can paraphrase, right? Uh, absolutely. I mean, growing up Catholic, uh, I've had my f- fair share of fear, and uh, we, you know, just, it's just how it goes. Um, and, you know, I, I really noticed that when, when I joined the church and started seeing, and, and the problem is people are made to feel like that they've, you know, they've made a choice or you know, a mistake, let's say, or the way it's being judged, and then they feel like they can't come back. They feel like they can't, uh, they're not worthy to be at the church, uh, in, you know, in the church or part of the church any longer because of that. And, and this is the problems with the culture that people make them feel that way, because they're different, because they're not following that path. And that, that's a shame to me, that breaks my heart. And that really is a, a critical motivator for wanting to do this podcast. Because I see so many people who have left the church and, you know, they're they're missing out on all the blessings that Heavenly Father has for them. And, you know, some people are happy that they left the church and that's great. I mean, honestly, that's really what it's all about for me. I know people who are no longer members of the church who are some of the happiest people I've ever met. I'm Mm -hmm. really great. I I, I kind of am jealous. Like some of them have these amazing marriages, you know, that are just absolutely um, unbelievably happy. And, uh, you know, they, they're, it's working for them, and that's what's great. And, that you know, that, I'm not trying to get these people back to church or, or shame them and thinking that, uh, oh, you shouldn't, uh, you know, you should be living the gospel. That's where the true happiness is. That is a problem. So uh, as an example, uh, I uh, took my kids on to a family reunion, and uh, my family is scattered all over the world, and so we rarely get together. Uh, and so having a reunion is a big deal. And so a couple of years ago, We got together in uh, in British Columbia, Canada, and I'm Canadian and uh, we're from the East Coast, but uh, the West Coast was the best point for everybody to meet. And uh, we had an incredible time, but this was the first time that my kids got to meet their cousins on my side. All of their cousins on their mom's side live in Utah, and they see them all the time, and they've got great relationships with them, which is great. I and mean, that's wonderful for their, uh, their whole uh, mental health kind of thing, but uh, they never get to meet mine. So they got to meet uh, all their cousins and uh, some of my siblings who they have never met before, and it was the first time that all the grandkids were together uh, ever, and my mom was just in heaven. And uh, it was an incredible thing, and we had a, just a beautiful week together. And It was just it couldn't be any better, and they forged wonderful relationships and uh, exchanged Snapchat <laughs> IDs so they can stay in touch with their cousins, because I mean they you know they've got cousins who live in Canada and cousins who live in Australia and all this stuff. So anyway, at the end of the uh, at the end of the trip, um, my son, uh, who's eighteen, he said to me. Dad, I can't believe how happy your family is, and they're not Mormon. (laughs) And that, I mean, that really, first of all, I was kind of shocked, right, that 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 was a revelation for him, because I was sad that that was a revelation for him. But that just shows to me what kind of bubble culture that the the church can be, right, especially in Utah. So my kids live in Utah. And uh, they just grow up with that mentality. And you know what i mean it's it's just it says to me that there's something wrong with this because people grow up thinking the only way you can be happy is to be a member of the church and there's no other possible way and they need to get out and see that perspective of the world to say there's tons of happy people who've never heard of the church and have a relationship with god and even the savior and that's what's important and guess what you don't have to be mormon to be happy and uh, you know we're here to tell you that so um let's see uh I got way off track. What did did we want to move (laughs) into? That's okay.
1: And and it's good that you bring that up because I think it helps us to define that bubble culture that maybe our children have been raised in. And it's wonderful that you bring up that there's so much love and joy and happiness and feeling of connection anytime. You don't have to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to find that, and there are other wonderful people that have um, amazing relationships with God and with Heavenly Father and understand the atonement of the Savior Jesus Christ. They just understand it in a different language. Than we do. It may not be the language of the scriptures that we've learned, but they have truth that they can share with us also. And that's back to President Ukdorf, where he talks about we just Joe and I had this discussion about, you know what, bring what you have to the church and let us build on that. And that really is again that open, non-judgmental where we want to be um, in in attending church and coming and saying, This is what I have. Accept me for who I am and love me for where I'm at, which ultimately as every human being's desire. They just want to be loved and accepted for who they are and where they're at, knowing I can do better and, and that I'm trying to do my best, which inside each of us in our innate spirituality and our eternal selves, we really do want to do better, and we really are trying to do our best every day that we're here. Um, people don't want to hurt others. It just comes from past
0: it does. And, and and the thing that really bothers me about the culture of the church is that they suppress that. They, they tell people, no, you can't be happy being who you are. You need to be happy being who I say you need to be happy because there's only one path of happiness, and that's the celestial path. You've got to live a celestial law. Otherwise, you know, you're not gonna be happy. And they, they say, you know, trust me, it'll be worth it. And, you know, even though it's hard now, you'll, you'll thank me later. And it's like, I don't think so. You know, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that everyone will. And I mean, I keep coming back and this is, you know, this is where I really get passionate <laughs> about this. And, and that's where the uh, R rating comes in. But I, uh, I I have, um, the, I mean, we understand that there's three kingdoms, right? That's fact. That's gospel right there's three gospel truth that's a gospel truth there's no disputing that there's three kingdoms of glory and everyone is going to choose which kingdom that they want to be in basically for eternity and they'll choose that by the law that they're willing to live on this earth essentially and and what they're willing to do and believe it or not not everybody is willing to live a celestial law That's why there's three kingdoms. Doesn't that make sense? Like if there was just one kingdom because everybody was supposed to live this way, that's all it would be. But there's not. So the problem is people think that this is the only way to live and it's the only way to happiness and there's no other option. And people are being made to believe that this is what they have to do or they don't belong in the church right. and so they leave because they're not those people.
1: All right. And they're looked at that I'm a celestial people here on this earth which is impossible that I can be perfect here on this earth that's impossible. that's impossible. Right. Come to church and share your mistakes and talk about them and be open about them and you know what? I love you just as much. I'm not going to judge you as bad or wrong. I'm going to look at you and say wow thanks so much for being open and vulnerable and sharing that with me. Wow. And that would be a shift in the culture as opposed to the judgment of fear again and we're back again to fear is okay you just shared that you're different than me that you made mistakes I'm fearful that if I associate with you I will make the same mistakes or allow those into my life there's no truth in that it's just loving and accepting them where they're at and and again let's build on that and let's gain a better understanding it is and but
0: there's so many leaders in the church that can't do that and they're not bad people or anything but i think people just get so stuck in the mindset that well we have to follow the rules we have to do this we have to do that the church is, is uh you know the, the church is very obedient right and and even just looking at um their whole take on the uh, vaccine and the masks and i don't want to get into a yeah. whole thing about that at all but as an example uh you know we have to wear a mask in the temple and there's there's no question about that and you know, I you know, don't necessarily agree with that the, because we just kind of take that to the point where it's, it's an absolute, right? And that's the problem is there's a lot of absolutes in the culture of the church where like this is the only way we do it and there's no flexibility there. And that, that, that doesn't work. And, and people need to be able to say, okay, this is where you're at. That's really cool. You know what? You're totally welcome here. And you actually can live the gospel the way that you want to live and take mm-hmm. from it what makes you happy And that's okay. God still loves you. It's okay that, you know, you're not on this path. You might be on a different path 10 years from now or 20 years from now or two years from now, if you choose, right? You just don't know. But where you're at right now is okay. And it's, you know, you've got certain circumstances that you're going through and, you know, maybe you're just not interested in living a celestial law right now. You just want to come to church. You just want to feel the spirit there without being judged, But you don't feel like you can do that because people are pressuring you to do all these things.
1: Right. And I think it's understanding when I come to church, is it that I'm really being judged or that I'm perceiving that I'm being judged? Again, opening up your mind to what are my perceptions? I come to church and I feel like everyone's looking at me and judging me or... Is it that someone said something judgmental? Because there's a definite difference between the two. There and, is. And it's but gaining But people definitely awareness.
0: say things, though. I mean, there's, that goes on. Correct. That goes on. Or just looks, right? Things like that. People do Correct. know. But they also do take it out of context sometimes. They feel it when it's not real. And that
1: would be the internal check-in of, of how are you treating people whenever you come into contact with them, whether it's at church, at work in your family? Are you judgmental with your children that if they come home and they share something with you that it's shame on you that you made a mistake and it's not okay, that's okay that you made a mistake because that's what we're here to learn. And and that kind of leads into where we're going is shame and guilt, the difference between the two things of, of what shame and guilt are. And it's shame is judgment and shame is that I'm a mistake as opposed to I made a mistake. And within the church, people gain this feeling of, I'm a mistake, I don't fit in because I've sinned. But in all reality, we've all sinned. We've all come to church to to partake of the spirit, to partake of the sacrament, to renew our covenants, and to be together and worship and strengthen each other. And if that can change and shift from, judgment takes away from that, whereas love and And just acceptance of who people are brings a feeling of connectedness. So it's no longer shame on you, I'm afraid of you, because it comes from this place of fear. Shame on you, you're different than me, so I'm afraid of you. It's, wow, you're different than me. What can I learn and what can I gain from watching and listening to you because everyone has something to offer no matter where it comes from.
0: I love that, and that, that's uh, that. That is um, just just uh, you know amazing, and I, I feel that way as well. You know, and it's it's interesting that um, I see all the time church members struggle with, even if their intentions are there to try and uh, be able to, to help welcome somebody who who might be you know different from them or whatever the case is. Uh, they struggle with that because they can't relate to somebody who's not like them. That's right. the problem. This is what the culture has created. This bubble effect has created a bunch of people who, again, just you know, are stufford Mormons, right? They just look, act, and talk the same. and But they've never experienced anything in life that is outside of the, the gospel. And, you know, you've got people converting to the church who've lived crazy lives. You know, I... I did a lot of stuff that I'm not proud of before I joined the church and, and it doesn't matter now because it's all been forgiven and uh, you know, I'm proud to talk about some of the things I've done or all the things I've done because I'm not ashamed of it because in the Lord's eyes, he's forgiven it and forgotten it. And right. so if he's not going to judge me, you have no right to judge me as well. So I'll tell you all the truth. But these people have never experienced any of this kind of stuff and you know, they can't relate. They get really weird around people who are not like them and I think going through their mind is like this whole idea of avoiding the appearance of evil, you -hmm. know, where it's like, okay, well, we have to stay away from those people because they do this and they do that. Why not look at these people and say, okay, yeah, you, you know, you have these lifestyle choices that you make, but what do we have in common? You and I look how different we are, but what do we have in common? We're both human beings. We're both uh, children of God, right? right? We both are experiencing life at the same time. We probably have similar interests that we, uh, we don't even realize, why don't we actually look at it from that angle? Why don't we try and figure out what we have in common, and then we can start respecting each other's point of view, respecting each other's position? Because those people are looking at, at at these, you know, Nazi Mormon types, right, that are just like, oh, these people are just these super righteous, self-righteous, judgmental people, I have nothing in common with them. So it does go both ways, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is we have to look beyond all of that, and let's just look at people like, just like, you know, listen, what kind of experience are you having, right? You know, there's, there's something we have in common, that we can actually uh, come to terms on and appreciate about each other. And then we can kind of build from there and start to gain an appreciation. And, and people are in the situation they are in today from the choices and the experiences that they've had, choices other people have made, choices they've made up until this point in their life. It doesn't define who they are. It doesn't mean that people can't change, right? Right. And, and, and become somebody different. But again, another problem, the cultural mindset is a very fixed mindset. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yes, and it's not a growth mindset where- No. Growth mindset is, I'm going to make mistakes, and I'm going to learn from those mistakes, and mistakes are wonderful. I'm not a growth mindset person, and when I say that, it's really difficult coming out of my mouth, as opposed to... You can fixed, do it. I can do it. You I'm working can do on it. Fixed mindset, which is, I'm going to be perfect, and um, and people will see me as perfect. People will look up to me. I will gain this stature. And as soon as I go into that, I've just crossed into natural man and egoic is where I call it. So we've got some Freud mixed in with that and scripture, but it's looking at both sides of that. The natural man egoic self of like, I have to be this person that looks good and people will look up to, as opposed to I'm just the same as everybody else. I really am. We are all equal. We're on an equal playing field. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what kind of car that you drive, what house you live in, how many kids you have. All We all are children of God. No matter what country you live in, no matter w- what what your circumstances are, and that's where it levels that playing field, and that no longer comes in into mm-hmm. your thought process, or and the judgment f- just falls away, and that's the pure truth comes out. Now we're back into. The the focus of what President Nelson talked about, finding truth, pure truth was his first one. That's pure truth. We are all children of God. We all have an infinite spirit that has always existed that wants to return back home. And I think that's whenever the ego can be let go of and the natural man, and you come down into the true spirit, which is where truth resides, there's this longing to return home. And really that's what... Ch- the doctrine is for and the church was set up for is for us to strengthen each other to be able to return back home and and whenever and that's what I love about truth is when it's spoken you can feel it you can just feel it inside your body like oh that's truth I really feel that inside I do want to return back home to Heavenly Father and you know what I want all these people around me to return back home because I love them and I want them to be there with me,
0: but like, it's not your choice, right? That's the problem with the culture of right. the church. I find is that they want to make that choice for you, and take away your agency. And yeah, I mean, everyone wants that, and maybe people, you know, realize that uh, they are, they don't realize right now that that might be the best thing for them. But you have to understand this. I keep going back to this, right? But um, you know, with the three kingdoms, there's going to be more people in the in the terrestrial and celestial than in the celestial kingdom because people aren't not as many people are going to be willing to work out of celestial law, to gain that. Right. But they're not going to be happy. So you have to understand that a lot. most people, I think, are not going to want to live the celestial path that you're living, even though you want them to. And those people might be in your family. They might be your children. They might be your spouse. Who knows, right?
1: And I think we don't have a complete understanding no, of that because don't. there's no numbers no. that are named no, 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 no. for each of those and remembering eternal progression that afterwards we know because of the last section of the doctrine and covenants that people are being taught in those realms and that they're able to progress within them right. and that's the growth mindset again that wow look i've made mistakes and i'm learning from them because they make mistakes here on the earth and then they're able to, to progress after this because we came here and here's the truth We came here to learn. And the only way we came here to learn is through making mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the Adam and Eve truth that we're taught is that through our transgression, we're now able to make mistakes and we're able to learn. But before they transgressed and partook of the fruit of the tree, they weren't able to make mistakes because they lived in this state of bliss. But that's not the state God wants us to live in because that was his plan all along but choice had to be made. Adam and Eve made the choice. We make the choice. And that's what we came here to do is make choices. And how wonderful is that, that we have the atonement. So whenever I make a choice and afterwards I say, "Ugh, that may not have been such a great choice. And I've learned, but I have the atonement to be able to partake of and to be able to be cleansed of that through repentance and through the enabling power to become stronger through those mistakes and through the things that I'm going to experience in life. It
0: is, yeah, and, and again, that's the problem where people don't think that. I just feel like there's so much pressure to be perfect. There's so much pressure to put on appearances that you're the perfect Mormon, right, and, and your children are perfect and all of this, that people are just stuck on this checklist, and we talk about that a lot. I mean, right. that, that is a huge problem with the culture of the church is this whole idea of checklists. I mean, these are checklist Mormons and they just think that, Hey, as long as I check all the boxes, I'm going to social kingdom or whatever they want. And right. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. It's crazy. And, and the, the problem is they, they take out, um, the, uh, the heart of the, of emotion. That, the emotion out of it. Exactly. Right. They completely take out the emotion of it, which is the whole point because the gospel is love and that's an emotion. The gospel is not a checklist. And, that's what we're told, though, is, is a problem. We're, we're just constantly told you have to read your scriptures every day, you have to pray every day, you have to do all this every day, you have to go to the temple every week, you have to you, you know do all of these items, and people just get so caught up in that that they forget the purpose of the gospel, and then they start judging other people because, well, you're not following the checklist, and you're not following it the way that we were told to follow it. Right. It's like, well, you know.
1: And, and let's go back to the doctrinal part of that. So if we can always focus back on that, that's where I feel like the truth resides. Um, the Law of Moses was the checklist. Moses came right. down with the Ten Commandments, which were the secondary commandments, because children couldn't live the first commandments that he came down with. Right, right. But he comes down with these commandments and he says, Here are these Ten Commandments. It's literally a checklist, which pretty basic checklist to live by. And that's the law of Moses. But after we have the Savior, we're living this higher law, and that's the law that God is love. And why did the Savior come to the earth and why did he sacrifice? Because he loved us with this infinite love. And now it's this goal of that emotion and that spiritual truth of, of love. And sure, we still have the checklist, but the checklist is there to help us to gain an understanding of, okay, it's kind of like the rules to a game, but I'm still going to choose how to play the game. I have the rules. I choose how I'm going to obey them. But if I really truly love God and I really truly love others, am I going to want to obey those 10 commandments? Sure. If I really love God and I really love others, am I going to want to stay true to my temple covenants or stay true to the things that are asked of me? Yes, because I love others. And it comes down again to that emotion of love. And that's the deeper, higher law that we're asked to live now
0: mm-hmm. I, I know and that uh, that's it's an interesting thing for me to look at again from my perspective and everything on that but uh, I have a real problem with that kind of mentality because people just get so lost in the checklist and it's easy to start judging people who aren't it's easy to kind of puff yourself up too. it's like oh look this person has has uh, done all these kinds of things so for example when they uh, when they parade the young women up you know on under the pulpit uh, under the stage there in sacrament or whatever and given the young women medallion right and all these things and that's great and they've achieved something I believe in rewards for achievements and things like sure. that but I think it sends a message to everybody else it's like well this is the standard if you're not doing this then you're not good enough and sometimes people can get a bit of pride, right, when they get recognized. Possibly, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that, but I just see different things like that. Um, I have a good example of a, of a whole checklist kind of thing, and uh, it's it's just it's, it's funny, and I don't get it. But um, the uh, it all has to do with uh, with grooming and, and things like that. And I don't even want to touch the BYU honor code because that's just a whole other thing that really. Well, so Joe's on a soapbox. At I'm this on my point. soapbox now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. Step off your soapbox
1: for a second. Well, but, but yeah, and it's again a set of rules. But if I love God, would I want to follow those rules? And and maybe I don't follow those rules exactly whenever I leave BYU, but I'm asked to within that specific place. Just like we're asked to follow different things in the temple when we're in that specific place, right? But, and it's done out of love.
0: Uh, well, well, it should be done out of love for sure. I think right, but it, it just seems like I mean I don't know like so for example. Um, uh, I had a state president who was uh, absolutely against facial hair hundred uh, percent. and uh, so whenever anyone was called into a leadership position within the stake, they had to shave or whatever or cut their hair <laughs> whatever right. the cases like that. And I don't know that that's to me is I think first of all, it's pushing a personal agenda and I, I don't like I don't think the church is about telling you how to look and how to how to take care of yourself. I understand that there are standards, and we should. Uh, represent, uh, you know, a good clean-cut image. There's nothing wrong with that, and uh, it, it shows respect for your body. It shows respect for yourself and respect for other people in the way you dress and the way you look. But when it comes down to micromanaging, and we're telling you, hey, listen, you know, we want to give you this calling, so you have to do this, or you have to do that to your appearance. I don't see how that makes a difference with your testimony, right? If I've got a beard, does that change my testimony? Right. Versus if I don't. And I know that's silly, but I think that culturally, it just. It, it, I, that kind of gets taken too far and that turns people off. And I think it sends the wrong message that this is not a gospel of checklist, right? It's not a gospel of obedience. It's, the, it's, it's not the plan of obedience or the plan of checklist. It's a plan of happiness right. Right, in my opinion. So um, we, you know, I, I definitely get uh, heated on some right. of these things. And <laughs> it's, and it's the, <laughs> and cool.
1: And that's cool. And that's where Joe and I are great with this in that I see the obedience as the foundation and sure. He may ask me to do that, but again, am I willing to sacrifice shaving my beard to be obedient and show love to my leader and in showing that I could do that sacrifice for a certain amount of time? Again, it's up to that person to choose right. that, but it's where my perspective comes from, and maybe that comes from a sense of humility that that person could gain through that experience.
0: Possibly, I know, and I tend to just focus on uh, on causing a stir. Mostly, yeah, you know. he might want to push back. Just yeah, I just like bit. to push back because that's kind of from my personality. <laughs> is I don't really think it all the way through. But if it's, I, I agree. If things are coming from a point of love, for sure, and we should absolutely obey the commandments out of love. And you said it perfectly right. If we. We we, we should obey the commandments because we love God and we want to show God, you know, I'm so grateful for everything that I have. I'm so grateful for the opportunity I have to be here on earth and to go through my own progression and become the best version of myself that you want me to become. I'm happy for that. I want to show you that I appreciate that and I love you. And so I'm going to obey your commandments versus Feeling like you have to obey out of fear, and that's the problem with the culture. It, it comes, yeah, it comes from that. So I'm all about that, but I don't know. I, I wonder though, you know, when people are saying, "Oh, you know, we, we want you to do this, so we want you to look this way because you're representing this or that." I just wonder, like, is that coming out of love, or is that more like, "Here is my agenda. What, my agenda here's my belief. Here's my checklist. This is how I live." Look at the brethren on them have hair. Forget the Savior. It's okay because he had long hair and a beard. That doesn't matter. But look at look at us now, right? People always, you know, draw that comparison when we talk about the honor code and, and that's funny but um, I, if it's coming from a place of love I'm, I'm good with that but sometimes I believe it can come from a place of agenda right and right. that that's where I think it's not correct right? because and, it gives the wrong message to
1: right people. and that again is now we're going to move into judgment and you're now judging that it comes from a place of agenda yeah. and that created a barrier between you and the state right. president
0: I'm quick to judge I'll admit I, I absolutely love doing <laughs> we that all sometimes are. yeah I know but I kind of take pride in it uh, for myself <laughs> 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 and
1: and everyone judges and that's the difficult part and that's part of our um I talk a lot about the brain a lot of psychotherapy. And a lot of my training comes through Daniel Segal. He talks a lot about the brain and its involvement in our behaviors and our belief systems. And our brain is the interesting part that I find fascinating, what God gave us to work with. And he wired us a certain way to be able to survive. But as soon as judgment comes in, we're back into what's called our midbrain. So if you make your hand into a fist with your thumb in the middle, you have your frontal lobe, which is the part that's your executive functioning, your higher functioning. But inside where your thumb is, if it's creased inside your hand is your midbrain. And as soon as you go into judgment, you've gone into your midbrain or your, I call it your caveman brain because it's your survival flight, flight, or freeze brain. And judgment is there to, to keep us alive. But we don't necessarily need that in our modern day society because I'm not being chased with a saber tooth tiger like a caveman would be. That would be. be
0: cool. If you were in a Marvel movie, you would. But exactly. But
1: it might be a little scary at that point. Yeah. And my judgment's going to save me because my judgment's going to, in a split second, say, "That's a tiger. I need to get away. I need to save myself." But whenever it's now judging something like facial hair, then it's not something that is out of survival. It is something that maybe the natural man kicks up and. Say, oh, yeah, well, I don't want to agree with that because I have a different viewpoint. And that judgment has placed this barrier to between me and the stake president now or whoever it is that I'm feeling that judgment with then I no longer am connected and I feel like well they're just doing that because that's their agenda and I don't want to follow it and there's the pushback as opposed to letting go of the judgment and saying you know what I can be obedient and humble myself that if that's something that's important to him I can follow that because it's not it's not something that's going to Eternally affect you, or
0: no? That that's a good point, and and I think you know it, it can lead to pride. I mean, it, for me, it's probably pride, right? Just saying, I'm pushing back on on all that kind of stuff. And people did. I mean, uh, there were there were guys. You know, this was kind of like a cowboy kind of town, right. you know. And, right. and there were guys who literally, in their fifties and sixties, who've had a mustache since they were fifteen, like literally. And asked to shave, and they did it. You know, mm-hmm. and that's cool, and that's great, and it's, it's the whole thing. I don't want to get into psychology. I don't want to say anything bad. And I'll, I will, I will be the first to tell you that this state president is probably one of the most uh, admirable men that I know. He, I, I, I know very, very few men who are as righteous and is close to God and who love the gospel more than this man and I, he was my favorite state president for sure we you know we we're, we're different right I'm a city boy he He's was definitely country a country boy. boy for sure and uh you know I'm I'm definitely uh, I've so you know I, I keep a healthy balance of the secular and the spiritual in my life right but uh, I I love that man I would die for that man no question he was one of the best people I've ever known and uh, I will always uh, say that about him yeah.
1: And, and so taking the judgment away, too, moves you into a place of loving kindness. And that's something I th- think also in the culture that is difficult. We feel like they said it, now it's set in stone, I have to obey it. It isn't necessarily truth. Like that, what you brought up, facial hair, isn't a truth. It's something maybe that would be a personal preference or something he felt moved by the Lord to ask to do. But if you can go in from a place of loving kindness and sit with the state president and say, you know what, I'm just wondering... And being curious, I'm wondering about the facial hair. Maybe you can explain to me why. And and maybe he does have a place of, I received this revelation or which he has the right to do because that's his stewardship at that point, or, or this is something I've learned. Or maybe he might say, you know what? I don't know. Maybe, and we're back to the culture. Well, that's just the culture I grew up in. Maybe I do need to look at that. And I think more members need to just be kind and loving and not fearful of the authority because many times we become fearful that's an authority figure they're the person that condemns me or tells me I have to repent or there's a church court or they can take away my membership or there's things that you know they can have it so I don't take the sacrament but those aren't done out of being punish punishing us or penit you know like it's not this this thing of horrible you it's done out of love again and it's as being able to go to him and say, I see you as a human being also. I'm just wondering, can you explain this to me? Because he might learn something from that also.
0: I did not do that, but I think it's a great idea. But it's a great idea. It's a, great, it's a totally I great idea. I just find
1: in the church, often I have difficulty bothering the bishop or wanting to talk to him because I see him as this authority figure that passes down things that are our punishments as opposed to a loving person that I could just go and openly talk with and say I'm just wondering can you explain this to me because I think it's good for them to do that
0: that's exactly how you were raised in the church like you were raised that your leaders your bishop your young women leader your Relief Society president all these people are the authority figures and people are literally told that the bishop is always right or if you have any problem Go to the bishop. You got a problem in your marriage. Go, to the, go to the bishop. You got a problem with your job. Whatever's going on. If you don't understand something, go. If you're struggling with pornography, go to your bishop. Your bishop doesn't know any of this kind of stuff. He's not a trained professional for this kind of stuff. He can receive revelation, of course, and that's his job. And you know, God bless them for <laughs> for taking on those callings. Sometimes, you know. But the problem is, again, from the culture. Because I'm going to stand up for my tribe here. This is this is important to me. The the thing that happens a lot in the culture, and this is what drives people away from the church, is they put all their faith in the fact that their leader are ultimately right all the time. And right. whatever they say, you have to follow. That's another thing. You have to do what the bishop says. That people are told that. And a lot of times, people are coming to their bishop, and this is just an example. It could be any leader. But they're coming to their leaders with a major problem. Like, for example, you know, a, a woman is being uh, abused in her marriage. And she goes to the bishop, and A, he doesn't believe her. And B, he tells her to stay in the marriage because they were married in the temple. And do you want to risk not seeing your family for eternity? Like that that happens, right? And that's, I mean, I know it's isolated. I know that that's not right, and everything. But the problem is that people are kind of taught through the culture of the church that you have to believe what your bishop says, or your bishop knows best for you. You know what I mean? And so they are confused because, like, I can't stay in an abusive marriage, but he's and then he's making me feel guilty that I am going to lose my family for eternity. And so they don't they, either. They stay there and keep getting abused, or they just say, "Screw this, I am leaving the church." Right? So that happens. So the, the we, I think, you have to just be logical about these things. I have to I think you have to really like think for yourself. And this is where a lot of the culture of the church stops. Like they stop right. thinking for themselves because they've been spoon-fed the gospel their entire lives. And they just assume, well, if I if I don't do what my bishop says, I'm not being obedient, and then God's gonna hate me and I'm you know, right. all these things, right? But that, no, there's that balance. You have to be able to understand what you're doing. And I mean honestly, if you're you know, if your husband is abusing you, you go to your to the police, you don't go to the bishop, I think, right? That's <laughs> well, my that's my thing.
1: And and bishops didn't receive a lot of training on no, that in the past, and all. they do now. And the prophet has spoken out that abuse and the quorum of the twelve. Abuse is not acceptable. Of course not. That is, that is something that the church does not tolerate at all. Um, it's interesting. I have a vulnerable story about that. So I'm wow. divorced also. And whenever um, my ex-husband... Um, I had gotten to a point that I had prayed fervently for years about getting divorced because he had some issues that he brought into our marriage that caused a lot of hurt and pain and were abusive to me. And I went to the, uh, the bishop after 15 years. And I said, um, you know, I just feel like it's time for me to leave. And he said, well, I've prayed about it. And I really, and after talking to your husband, I feel like you need to stay with him. And it really, and again, we're back to being spoon fed or really searching and receiving pure revelation, which the prophet talked about also. And I had done the work, and I'd feasted on the scriptures, and I laid the foundation, and I really had prayed, and I knew beyond shadow of a doubt it was time for me to leave, because that, not that that was the answer, the answer after I'd prayed, because the answer before was to stay with him, to give him a chance to still work on it, and the answer this time when I went to my bishop was, it's up to you, <clears throat> and the Lord really was up to me. <laughs> And he had faith in me that whatever I chose would be what would, because he can't make me choose and he will not tell me what to choose. He will not tell anybody what to choose. Exactly. And he, he said, it's up to you. And I said to the Lord, I'm ready to leave. And he was okay with that. And I felt very peaceful and calm. So when I went to meet with the Bishop, because I'd done that, I looked to him and I said, that's not the answer I've received. I feel like I need to leave. And he was okay with that. He said, well, I'm I can honor that, but I'm just letting you know where I'm coming from. And I said, I appreciate that. And I said, and that's your view. And that's where you, you know, your perspective may be, but that's not the answer I received. And, and I left kind of bothered and troubled because again, within the culture, it's, this is the man who's the leader, but realizing now that I look back, cause this was years ago, realizing that he was just a man doing the best job that he could bishops aren't paid bishops aren't perfect bishops are are human beings doing the best that they can and that that he was again just like your stake president a really loving kind devoted man who loved the lord and really was doing the best that he could so the interesting part of the story that continues is i met with the stake president that night <clears throat> And he had a different viewpoint than the bishop, which is okay again. We're we're into that they each receive their own revelation and that ultimately it's my choice. Because he said, it's ultimately your choice. And he asked me, what have you decided? And I said, I've decided to leave. I've prayed. I have fasted. I've done the things I need to. I really feel like it's time for me to leave. And he said, that's exactly how I feel. This man is dangerous and he's abusive. You need to leave. And he said, I can't say that as a church, but that's my, as a church leader, because back then they were counseled, this is long ago, to not say that, but my feeling is you need to. And that's when the Spirit affirmed to me, you know, this really is what needs to happen. And never once did I ever get upset or angry or or, or blame either my bishop or or him for differing in it. It was more of they just are men again, and that's their perspective. And I think if we can look at the church culture and leadership in that way, they're, they're flawed human beings. Joseph Smith made mistakes also. The prophet, I'm sure, makes mistakes and has course, to repent. Yeah, yeah, right. and, well, yeah. and that's more of not being spoon-fed. But you go home and really ask and really dig and receive that revelation through finding truth, through the pure doctrine of, the, of Jesus Christ, and, and that revelation will come to you for those important decisions in your life, which now looking back was a decision that was healthy and was what the Lord wanted for me in my life to progress to where I am now. But... Could I be the person that I am today without experiencing those things that I did in those years of marriage where there was abuse and hurt and fear and a lot of difficulty? No, I would not be the person that I am, that the Lord wants me to be for eternity. So there are things to learn through those trials. Exactly. Obviously.
0: That's the thing. Uh, and, and thank you for sharing that. That's, uh, you know, it's an amazing story. I know I know you've shared that with me before. But uh, that's the kind of thing that uh, I think is valuable here on the podcast because people are able to relate. It's completely relatable. And it's going to draw people in. And I think people are going to realize, you know what, it's okay that I've had things happen to me. It's okay that mm-hmm. I've made mistakes or I've made choices that turned out to be not the best choice or you know, things that I've learned from, and I'm not a bad person, and it's okay. And I think we can get them on their journey back to really getting that relationship and, and coming closer to Christ for themselves in the, in the way that they want to do. Now, I'm not on a witch hunt against bishops, okay, for sure. Like, I've, every single bishop, with the exception of one <laughs> that I've had, have been incredible men that I've admired and learned from and absolutely respect more than any. Some have been just the most incredible people I've ever met. And I love that. That's not the issue whatsoever. And I understand, of course, they are doing their best and they are, and they're inspired, but they are not trained and they don't have all the answers all the time. And that's okay. That's exactly how it would be for any bishop. Um, the problem is most members of the church are growing up in a culture where they are spoon-fed the gospel like we talked about, and they don't think for themselves anymore, and they didn't do what you did. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to get across here. It's like, you know, don't just t- do feel like you have to do everything you're told, even if it doesn't feel right to you, even if it doesn't make sense to you. Like in the situation where, you know, the bishops were told back in the day— you shouldn't say these things You shouldn't say those things, even though you feel those things, right? Mm -hmm. You can't say them. Well, what you do say is just some generic boilerplate thing that people take away and saying, well, that's the answer. So I guess I have to stay in this situation and now my life really sucks. And uh, I'm going to, you know, whatever is going to happen, right? So it's it's not good. So the, the point is people, we, you know, we do need to pray and seek after answers for yourself. Exactly. And, yeah. And just be guided by the spirit. And it's okay to say, you know what, this is the answer that I got. And it's different from the answer that you gave me. And here's why I think I should follow that. And I hope you'll support me, right? That's the idea. But it, it's changing that mindset. You know, talking about the fixed mindset, people believe that, things will never change, right? They feel like, um, things are the way they are. So a fixed mindset says, well, you'll never change because this is how you are today, Right. but people can change and, you know, don't think that you can't change, uh, at all. I mean, you can, decision, you know, is simply a split second thing. You can make a decision in a split second and change just like that. Uh, and so, um, you know, that's what we, we really want to do is, is help people to, to be encouraged to go after the gospel in the way that makes sense for you. And, you know, and again, just start where you are and build on what you have. Right. Right. And kind, yeah, exactly. And just, uh, work on your relationship with the savior, whatever that means for you. And it's okay if it's not the same thing as, as other people in your church or whatever, it's none of their business, right? The, the only comparison you need to make is comparing yourself today to who you were yesterday. Right. Did you move the needle a little bit?
1: Right. And I don't even think that's comparison. I think it's just an overall check-in and awareness of, am I progressing in some way? And some days may be backwards and you go, okay, I'm learning from, I chose this and I moved backwards. Maybe that wasn't the healthiest choice for me. Hmm. I'm going to try something
0: different. It's like the stock market, right? It's it's up and down every single day, but the long-term version is you're moving in the right direction and that's okay and it is a comparison though because people are con- it shouldn't be but people are constantly comparing themselves to other people that's what the culture of the church kind of fosters is this comparison and this competition uh, who can be the most righteous mormon who can be the best you know home teacher or <laughs> whatever the situation is and that's not true and you shouldn't be falling for that and you should not be doing that but you just look at yourself and hey am I a little bit you know what changes have i made what's my delta from yesterday is it positive is it negative what can i do how can i move forward uh, okay, so that is, uh, I think, the uh, a good foundation for what right, to expect in this podcast. Uh, any last words or thoughts? You
1: know, and I just want to—let's stick with that change and end on that, that this is the gospel of change. Um, if you look in the scriptures, there's many scriptural references to change, how we change through the atonement, how we become a changed creature, one of my favorite scriptures. And, and how that's why we come to church is to change ourselves from this natural man into more of a spiritual, eternally focused creature. That really is our goal each day. And, um, that's, again, our focus is, is one of change, changing this culture that we are a part of. How can ultimately, what can I change myself and how can I change that? I'm no longer in that culture, noticing and being aware Am I judging? Am I falling back into those old patterns as opposed to finding this new way of living, of being loving, kind, and accepting of whoever comes to church or whoever I come in association with? And also looking at myself, I can change myself and relying on the Lord because I need to rely on personal revelation and not someone else telling me. That's, that's not the Lord's way Is someone else telling me how to live my life and change my life.
0: I love it. All right. Here we are. So thank you very much for listening, and uh, we uh, look forward to uh, to working with you guys on the next uh, episode and, and all the forthcoming episodes. So um, in the meantime, keep the faith and keep a stick in the ice. <laughs> and cheers. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Amazon Prime, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are sold.